Happy New Year, everybody. It's a great video, isn't it? Can you believe it? Here we are. It's 2011, and I graduated from high school in... Okay, I'm just really old. All right. But, but Happy New Year. We, we made it, right? We made it through the old year. 10, 2010 is gone, right? Thank God. And, and there are many things to thank God for. But here we are, a, a little bit scary, not quite sure, in fact, not sure what's going to happen in 2011. But we know that God's with us, right? And he's going to lead us and guide us and give us all the strength we need. And I know Pastor Ed uh, prayed earlier and had you pray silently. Let's, let's pray together one more time and thank God for the past year and ask for his guidance in this new year. Uh, Lord God, Heavenly Father, we uh, come to you today and we thank you that you are our amazing God. A God who loved us so much to bring light into our darkness. By, by sending that bright morning star, your very own son, to a world who frankly didn't even recognize you when you came. To a world, the Lord, that without you is lost, that's in darkness. But thank you for sending the illuminating light of your son, your son Jesus, who indeed is the light of the world that brings light in our darkness and hope and salvation. God, we give you thanks for this past year, for the many blessings of it. For our families, God, we thank you. For our children, for our spouses, for all the friends and people, God, that you put in our lives. God, we, we thank you for food on the table, a roof over our head, and frankly, clothes to stay warm because it's getting cold again. But God, thank you for all those blessings. God, thank you for the blessings that you gave to Messiah Lutheran Church in this past year. They're amazing, God, for the starting of a brand new church, for calling Pastor Tide Culbertson, for bringing in David Penley to help lead the youth, to, to a bunch of crazy people deciding to put a coffee shop on Main Street. God, it's all about shining your light out. Thank you for those blessings. With all that in 2010, God, oh my goodness, what do you have planned for 2011? Well, Lord, we're just ready to follow, and we ask for your guidance. God, be our light. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So you guys ready to go on a trip this morning? Oh, man, you don't sound too encouraged. You guys sleep in a little too much New Year's frolicking. All right. Are you ready to go on a little bit of a journey this morning? Better, better. Well, if you're ready to go on a, a little ver journey, a visitation, a little vacation, you need to pack your bags. So you guys are ready. I don't know. All right. So I've got, I packed my bag. Hold on a second. I'll grab my bag, quickly get back up here. All right. Because the camera can't follow me. And I brought my bag. Yes, it's red uh, for the Wisconsin Badgers, which should have won the Rose Bowl, but they didn't yesterday. All right. Yeah, wine, wine, wine. But we're on a journey this morning. And you know, we're, the, the New Year's just kind of crept upon us. It's like, oh my goodness, here we are. Here we are. What in the world happened? So, so we're going to kind of take it slowly here this morning and make a stop along the way before we go way over there into 2011, all right? So we'll stop here in 2010. And, and the stop that I want us to, to make, well, it's going to be somewhere around right in here. But, but I packed my bag. So I'm inviting you guys in this new year to kind of get prepared for this new year. It's, it's here. Pack your bags because we're ready to go on a trip. So let me open my bag here to see what I might have brought along to take along. Oh, by the way, uh, we're going with another party. Is that okay? All right. We're going with another party, a bunch of wise guys. Yeah. Uh, they, they, some people say they're kings. No, probably not. Probably more like astrologers, astronomers. And you guys don't care if we don't have any directions, do you? 
All right, we're just going to follow a star. What a bunch of, well, we're just going to follow a star and just see how it goes in this new year. So let me see, what in the world did we pack to take on our trip? And, you know, there's a lot of different things that we might pack and take along on, on our trip. Of course, I don't know, if we're riding camels through the desert, we might get a little bit hungry, right? So you, you bring some snacks along. And, you know, I'm a guy that gets a little bit hungry, so I brought some more snacks for everybody. I was thinking of sharing, right? Okay, so just a little bit for all you guys. And, you know, when we go on a trip, I bring candy along. This, by the way, by the way, we're going to, to see Jesus somewhere. We're not quite sure where he is, right? So we, we got our snacks to go along, and I'm thinking the weather is probably a little bit warmer than Michigan, so I'm going to bring my, my summer shirt here, okay? All right. And, and you should pack two, okay? All right. And bring that along. And, you know, we're, we're riding on camels, and we're going to go about 500 to 1,000 miles. That's okay, isn't it, right? That's going to hurt. All right. And, but, you know, in the car, you have car games, so I've got camel games, Oh, all right, okay. It was worth it. All right. And, and uh, I rem- don't forget your toothbrush and your toothpaste because you could get some pretty nasty breath if you don't. All right. And, and bring along. Let's see what else we got in here. Oh, you know, we might get to go swimming. Oh, we'll put those away. All right. And, uh, you know, we've got to take pictures. We're going to go see Jesus. We've got to get some pictures of the baby, right? All these grandparents know about that, right? So you take the pictures of the baby. All right. And, and as we're going along there... Uh, finally, you know what, I, I think the, we might need to throw a Frisbee a little bit. It gets boring in the desert, right? Okay. And, and finally, you know, I might need one of, one of these because I think the sun might be in my eyes. Oh, it's a Packer hat. Oh, ooh, I heard booze. All right. And, and finally, well, I brought my gift for Jesus too. We'll look at that a little bit later. All right, so are your bags packed? Oh, 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 oh there, you know, they are. Good, good. I'll put that there. Well, let me kind of put this all together here real quickly. All right. So if our bags are packed, we're all ready to go on a journey this morning. And like I told you, uh, we don't have any directions. <laughs> Just like a bunch of men, huh? All right. So, so we're going to make our way here, and we're going to stop right about here. Huh. Looks like something happened right here, doesn't it? Something right here. They got a bunch of bales of hay going on here. and I suppose there must have been some animals here or something. Yeah, it looks like a stable, I, I guess. Yeah, and then, oh, uh, yeah, it's a stable because they got a feeding trough here. I suppose the animals were eating. I don't know what else could have been there. Yeah. Huh, but nobody's here. All right, I guess this doesn't mean anything. We probably should be on our way a little bit, right? And, and you know what? We are really going to have to ask for directions, okay? So, so if you would, turn to the direction book. Yep, that's your Bible this morning. To Matthew chapter 2. Matthew, not Luke 2. We spent a lot of time there. Matthew chapter 2. It's the very first page of the New Testament. I guess about page 681. So we're stopping right here. We're a little bit lost. We, we got a star. It's, it's guiding us, but I don't know. We should probably ask for directions. So let's take a look. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says this. Maybe this will clue us in. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Oh, oh, it's later now. Okay. This is after he was born. Okay. In Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, oh yeah, those are our traveling buddies, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked. Okay, so this is during the time of King Herod. King Herod, nasty dude, okay? Nasty, killed a lot of his family, right? Nothing good when King Herod's around the great. Of course, during his rule, he, he built a lot of big buildings like 
temples to other gods, amphitheaters. You know, his biggest accomplishment was he tried to start rebuilding the temple. So it's during his time that we're showing up. Put that in your memories there. From the east came to Jerusalem and asked. Good guys, asking for directions. Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. So like I said, we've been traveling now for about 500 to 1,000 miles. we got our bag packed. We're, we're, we're ready. And we're traveling with the Magi and, and probably not kings, okay? Smart guys, right? Smart guys, did a lot of studying. They, they know about stars, good thing, or else we're lost, aren't we, right? And, and uh, they're going to lead us forward, respected by royalty, probably fairly wealthy. And, and so the Magi asked the question, verse 2, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? They must have heard about it. It's several months later. Maybe that message got up from the shepherds. All those miles far away in Persia, Saudi Arabia. And they said, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Saw the star. You know, people talk about that, that star right there. And they say, you know, I think it was like a supernova or something. Or maybe it's, it's like a, there's a bird. Hello, bird. <laughs> he's, he's following the star. All right, no, all right. <laughs> And, or maybe it's a, it's a meteor, or, or some people have said, you know what, during that time the planets came together, a conjunction of planets came together, and there was this magnificent light in the heavens. Well, that's all theory, isn't it? The Bible says they saw a star. They saw a star. That was their way to guide them. And so we read a little bit further, so they're asking about the king born of the Jews. The word had got out. Verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Frankly, he was a little bit nervous, wasn't he? Because he was the king. Now, and he wasn't the king of the Jews. He was, he was put in power by the Romans, but, but here he is. He's, he's watching over the Jews. He's not their official king, but the, the king of the time. And verse 4 says, When he had called together all the chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, duh, is probably what those, those teachers of the law thought. They wouldn't say that to Herod. Oh, my goodness, no. In Bethlehem of Judea. In fact, right there you have a prophecy from a book of the Old Testament. Verse 5 says, In Bethlehem and Judea they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. In fact, this was prophesied some 700 years before. 700 years, in fact, from the prophet Micah said almost the very same thing. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he said, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small along the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So we're going to see the king. That's what we're doing this morning. Before we head into this brand new year, we're going to stop to see the king along with the wise men. So the story continues, read along with me. Then Herod, verse 7, called the Magi secretly. Oh, we're having a little meeting right now. Yeah, we are. And found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. And as soon as you find a report to me, so that I too may go and worship. Don't trust this guy, right? This is King Herod. You know what he would do later? Just because we're kind of like Monday morning quarterbacks here. Turn to verse 16 really quick. Verse 16 of chapter 2 says, When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. 
In accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi, don't trust that guy. He didn't want to go see Jesus. So several months after Jesus' birth, in fact, we don't even know, it might have been a year or two. That's the time now, and we're making the way to see Jesus. But why is this empty? Verse 9 says, But after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Okay, seems to, he should be here then, right? Huh. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. Oh my goodness, we're no longer at the manger, are we? We're at the house. And the, the, the wise men came to Jerusalem, right? Because when you're looking for a king, you'd go to the capital city. But no, Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. So they're overjoyed. The star shows up again. They are coming to the house on verse 11. And it says, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented with gifts of gold, of incense, and myrrh. And having warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. These wise guys brought amazing gifts, didn't they? They, they brought gold, gold for a king, right? That's what we brought with us on our journey this morning. And, and not only that, then they brought frankincense, reminding that this king was something special. He was God, he is God. Indeed, prayers go up like incense in the temple. And finally, we've got myrrh with us, and perhaps that's forecasting the suffering of Jesus because it was oftentimes that, that myrrh, that perfume, was used to anoint a body. So you got your bags packed to meet Jesus this morning, do you? You know, as we begin this new year, the wise men made that long, long journey a long time ago. They indeed packed their bags, and it was a long way. Indeed, it was a dangerous trip, I'm sure. Can you imagine all that way? And these guys have got expensive gifts with them that they couldn't probably take everything along, could they? When you guys go on a trip, I think sometimes my, my wife wants to take like the whole house. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But you can't take everything with you. We have to leave something behind to really make room for Jesus in our lives, don't we? And if you take a look with me to, in fact, what the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians, turn with me in your New Testament to Philippians chapter 3, Apostle Paul wrote this, verse 7 of chapter 3 of Philippians 3. He wrote, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them rubbish, that I might gain Christ. And then down a few verses, chapter 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Indeed, we're going to have to leave some people behind in 2010. Perhaps you've lost loved ones. And may God indeed continue to comfort you and strengthen you in this new year. Well, that's not exactly what I'm talking about. As the wise men made their journey, they couldn't bring everything along. Some things need to be left behind. Perhaps we need to leave some sins behind in 2010 and leave them right there. Perhaps we need to leave them right here. Leave them right here. And I don't know what that is for, for you. If, if, it's, if it's a loose tongue that kind of talks a little bit too much about other people, maybe it needs to be left right there, right? 
And maybe it's a relationship that, that is not becoming to a married person and needs to be left right there, right? No longer, right? And whether it's, it's yelling at your kids and, and not treating them kindly as you could, those gifts from God, maybe that sin needs to be left right there in 2010 and not show up in 2011. The Bible also says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, there's some things that I, I don't want to bring with me from 2010. Maybe for you it's, it's an addiction, I don't know, uh, alcoholism, whatever it is, some darkness that needs to remain right there. Indeed, perhaps as we often say, left right here at the foot of the cross. Indeed, as we look at this story here, though, we've got to continue our, our journey. We're leaving some, got our bags packed, we left some things behind. But turn with me back again to Matthew chapter 2, because the story's not quite over yet, and our journey is certainly not over. We're leaving some things behind, but definitely we, we need to maybe perhaps take a step forward. And, and as you look at the telling of the story of the Magi, I've got to share a couple of things with you. This, this isn't just a, a journey about three wise guys who, who by accident followed a star, right? A star that would accidentally lead them to Jesus where he's at. There's a lot more going on. You see, all the time that they were asking, they were saying, where is he who is born king of the Jews, right? That's the question. That's the direction they needed. Because up until that time, as you remember, the prophecies all said that Jesus would come to save the Jews, but the amazing thing that's happened that matters to you and I right today, some 2,000 years plus later, is on the coming of the wise men, you and I were invited to come meet Jesus. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah 49 says this. Isaiah, in fact, sometimes Isaiah 49 verse 6, verse 6 is oftentimes called the, the Old Testament Great Commission. Isaiah writes, he says, It's too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob, and bring back those of Israel I've kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Let me repeat that again. That you might bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Did you hear that? Let me repeat it again. That you might bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. You see, when the wise men came those thousands of miles, they got an invitation from God by a star to come and meet the Savior of the world. People who weren't a part of the original promise, right, were invited to go and see the light of the world there in a manger on that day. God showed this promise to come true. Indeed, as Jesus was born, for God so loved the what? World. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. See, here's the amazing thing. On this visit, indeed, it becomes true for you and I. That God would love us, even in the midst of all of our darkness and the things we've left behind, to invite us to see that bright and morning star, the real bright and morning star, Jesus. That, that God would, would come in such a, a non-glorious way all the way from heaven down to earth to be a little baby just like us, just for us. And, and you know, I've heard this message before, haven't you? But this is the crux of our faith. If, if Jesus doesn't come, you're not sitting here this morning, are you? You're not. And if those wise men aren't called from a far distance, you're invited now to meet Jesus in this brand new year. Perhaps you've met him before. 
Or perhaps we need to meet them brand new with a new beginning in this brand new year. Pack your bags, leave your things behind. This season that we're talking about this morning, this whole event that happened with the wise men coming to see Jesus is called something. Do you guys know what it is? Epiphany. Epiphany. And epiphany means shining forth, revealing, right? And in epiphany, where Jesus indeed reveals to the whole world that he is the light of the world. John 8, verse 12, in fact, Jesus says those words. Hear the words of Jesus to all of us this morning. John 8, verse 12 says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Today, you and I can know that indeed light has been brought to our darkness. Light has been brought to the darkness of perhaps the death of a loved one. There's light and there's hope. Light has been brought to the darkness of those deepest sins in our life that Jesus has showed up. And as Pastor Ed shared with us on Christmas Eve, because Jesus has come to rescue us, everything is going to be what? Okay. It's going to be okay. Jesus brings light and hope and life to this brand new year. And we can look forward to it as a, a new beginning. There's light in the darkness of perhaps not having a job prospect yet. That light has been brought because Jesus is here, right? That, that light has been brought to that marriage that's struggling, right? Because Jesus has brought light and hope for the future. Relationships with our families, if it's our finances, whatever it is in our life, light has come. There's no darkness anymore, and we don't need a star. We have the best bright and morning star, Jesus Christ, that makes our every day, our every morning worth living, even in a brand new year. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? The gift of God's epiphany to us. But as we go into this new year, we're leaving stuff behind, we're packing our bags, we're, we're meeting Jesus once again. There, there's, God might ask us to go through a few challenges. And by the way, every year something happens around New Year's Day. Do you guys do this in Michigan? In Wisconsin, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, where I'm from, uh, uh, people do this crazy thing. They put on their swimsuits. Do you guys do this here in Michigan? Yeah? Am I like talking nonsense? Right? People go ahead, they put on their swimming suits, and like a bunch of crazy people, they run into freezing cold weather. I don't think their heads were frozen before they went in. But, but then there's those crazy people watch them. Yeah, right here, right me, right? And, and so they step out into the water, and, and that's not exactly what we're talking about. But, but oftentimes, we've talked about this, where indeed God would ask us in a brand new year to take a little bit of a step forward. Wise men journeyed a long, long way to meet Jesus. And I don't know what that is for you in 2011. Perhaps God might be asking you to dare to dream again. Yeah. In fact, we're going to begin a brand new sermon series next week. And that, that mountain, that thing in your life that, that you haven't been able to overcome, that God's calling you again and saying, no, 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 Kurt, I can do this with you. I can do this with you. Or in the brand new year that God might have, I don't know, a challenge. In fact, God might say, take your bags, buddy, and go over here. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe a relocation of work or whatever it is. But in this brand new year, we might have challenges. But the Apostle Paul said what? Right? He's leaving things behind. He's going to continue to press forward. In fact, Paul said this. Maybe you guys know this Bible verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter how 
tough it might be in a brand new year, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wiseman took some big steps forward. In fact, their life was in jeopardy a little bit. They made a journey all the way to see Jesus. What does the new year hold for us? Amazing things. That's what it holds. You know, when you look at the star, I wish we had a real star. We kind of look at it in wonder, don't we? When you look at the stars at night, those bright stars, sometimes some different stars kind of illuminate a little bit more. When we see that, that light in the darkness, and we go, man, that's just, that's amazing. And that light in that darkness indeed shone for those wise men, and it's, he's still shining, dear brother or dear sister. And he will guide us and lead us into this brand new year. And my goodness, of all the things that happened for Messiah Lutheran Church in 2010, Pastor Ed, I don't know what's going to be happening for us in 2011. Probably some pretty cool things. One last thing, you guys. Okay, so I, I brought my gift. Okay. Wise men, as you read in your story, brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I was thinking, so, so what in the world does a person bring Jesus at the beginning of a new year? I don't know. I don't have a million dollars. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and uh, a brand new car. I don't know. What do you bring Jesus? So that he can ride a style? I don't, what do you bring the Savior Jesus? Wise men, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Well, anyway, here's what I brought. It's just a little pink card. And it says, it says me. It says me. Wise men got down on their their knees and it says they worshipped. It probably were down on their faces because here's the Savior of the world right there. And they give him these expensive gifts. They worship Jesus. For me this new year, it's just myself. Jesus, you can take all that I am, all that I have. I take my life. I pray that in this brand new year, maybe it's time for us to just start and do that same thing. Maybe you haven't met Jesus yet. You're here today and you're hearing this message and say, what in the world is that guy talking about? But there's a Savior who loves you. A Savior who brings light to your darkness. A Savior who will guide you in this brand new year. A Savior who's simply looking for you just to follow just to follow. Where? I don't know. Indeed, may Jesus guide you in this brand new year, that Messiah, right? The one who became sin, who, who knew no sin to, to rescue us. That whole Bible in front of you, it's a love story, isn't it? Right? It's a love story about a prince, a prince who came all the way down from heaven to rescue those people he loves. And you can read about it in that book, the Bible, can't you? We begin a brand new year. We're leaving some things behind, got our bags packed. We might have to step out a little bit, right? But Jesus is here. And all God's people who are ready to indeed say, here I am, Lord, take me, we say, amen, amen. You guys are going to play a song in a minute, aren't you, about Jesus Messiah. But as they're playing and throughout the worship service this morning, you know, perhaps the first place that we do need to start once again, begin New Year, is right back here at the, at the manger. And many of you before perhaps have uh, brought a rose to the altar. And this rose, yeah, it's just a plastic rose. But this rep- could represent you today. A starting brand new. In fact, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, what well, is a new creation. The old has come, everything is, is new. I invite you at any time throughout this worship service today, if indeed you want to start fresh and new at Jesus, perhaps for the first time, just take a rose. And we can't see the altar today, but simply, you know what? Place it in the manger.
Please rise as we sing together. Thank you. 